Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg. Podcast. Mike, when you and Katie sit down with the kids during school mm-hmm. time, do you have a reward system if they make good grades? Yeah, well, over time, we've had different uh, reward systems. So my oldest is, we've talked about, so she's in college now, little Katie, as we refer to her, <laughs> although she's not so little anymore. And uh, yeah, we had uh, a certain amount of money for an A, a certain amount of money for a B. Once you got a C, there was no money. Um, <laughs> right? And unfortunately, had she gotten into D's or F's, we would have started taking money away, I guess, from the other yes. ones. But um, we were fortunate that that didn't happen uh, with her. She was a great student. The others are a bit younger, so we haven't quite gotten into the uh, junior high and high school level where compensation for a particular, but we're just about there huh. with Peyton. So she's just gone into sixth grade. Luke's in fourth and Finn is in kindergarten. So um, not Finn quite there Finn just wants yet. more playtime on the playground. I mean, that's how you would reward him. Well, and things are, <laughs> yeah, and things are evolving a little bit with, and, you know, I hate to say it, but it's hard to have the only kid who doesn't have some kind of a device, mm. you know, where they can access the oh, internet yeah. and do things. So uh, we tend to restrict the amount of time that they can be on any, any sort of a device or whether or not they could have a phone or not have a phone. And the rewards would be more focused on that because, frankly, they seem a lot more interested in uh, that. Than, yeah, it's all uh, about what than, motivates you. Than 20 bucks these days. So I mean, gosh. Uh, I, I don't like that that's the motivating factor, but uh, we got to go where the biggest reward and the also most severe penalty is when it comes to things. So that's that tends to be it these days. I mean, look at the job market right now. People are not motivated by money. So businesses are coming up with all sorts of different incentives to get people to work because customers like us are wanting to do Why do they need money? The government was giving them a check for (laughs) all this time. I mean, gee whiz. Why should work ethic mean anything? I could just stay home and collect a check and uh, everybody else can go to work and make some money to pay the tax. Well, I am proud of this group in Arkansas with the solution that they have come up with to make it work for them at their restaurants. Explore mm-hmm. Restaurant Group in Arkansas. They've, like everyone, been struggling to find I workers. I saw this. Yes, I did see this on the news. Yeah, they're paying employees who are in high school to devote an hour of their shift to their homework. And the young mm-hmm. employees also get an extra $100 if they receive an A as their final grade, 20 bucks if they get a B. And job applications have increased from students since rolling out the plan. They're also looking into adding tutors to help some student employees. So whatever we got to do to solve this job problem, I'm all about it. Unfortunately, we can't just have high school students everywhere running the world. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I mean, and I think that's a great story, but how did we get to a point where... um, This is an issue. We're bribing people to work. We're bribing people to work. (laughs) I I, I I fundamentally have a problem with this, but good for the restaurant. What everyone is talking about right now is cryptocurrency, cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency. Mike, I'll admit it. I do have a small amount of play money in cryptocurrency through an app. It is strictly Mm -hmm. play money. It's not money for retirement. And it's because, like many, I'm curious about the blockchain concept. When I get those alerts on my iPhone that my accounts are up or down, it does induce a reaction every time. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's sort of what it feels like for those that are always watching the Wall Street ticker. That's going to be scary for someone who's close to or already in retirement. Well, there's different ways to look at it. I think in, uh, just emotion with investing is is probably the most difficult part, and different people deal with it in different ways. So 
what I've found a lot of times is if it's, let's say it's your 401k and it's money that you've just been adding money to, so this account you've been adding money to over and over again, when markets are doing well, you're more likely to open the statement or go online and take a look at your account balance. When things are doing poorly, people tend to bury their head in the sand and go, okay, oh, gee whiz, I don't really want to look at it now because it's going to make me feel bad. That's the emotion mm-hmm. of it. And you're feeling that when it comes to, I mean, certainly something like Bitcoin that you mentioned, it's all over the place. So. Mm-hmm. It can be doing extremely bad or it could be doing extremely good. It's a buzzword. Here currently, people are talking about it a lot because it's been doing very well. But by the way, that's right after you know getting cut almost in half not that long ago. Right. So well, and it's thankfully, a, it's an that's emotional, when I bought it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and good for you. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's an emotional roller coaster and investing can be that. Certainly, we get questions about Bitcoin quite a bit because it's in the news and people are looking at it as, well, is this going to be an inflation hedge? Is it good for me? Is it bad for me? Here's the thing, I know you didn't ask, but you know, we have the ability to have Bitcoin in the portfolios for our clients. Really? But we have to, t- yeah, yeah. We have the ability I, what, to do that. So if somebody wants it. Why haven't we talked it, about this sooner? That's a big deal. Do you <laughs> not want to talk I'm about not, it? I don't know if it's a big deal or not. I'd say if somebody would like to invest in it, we can certainly do that. But it's not necessarily for individuals that are retired or close to it. I mean, we just got done talking about the volatility True. associated with it and whether or not it's going to wind up being a hedge against inflation. That right there is it's just speculation. So when you talk about Bitcoin, you talk about, well, will it do well? Will it do poorly? Nobody knows for sure. Certainly people have opinions and that's what they are. But what if the U.S. government comes up with, up with its own digital mm-hmm. currency? Certainly China's already working at that. So mm-hmm. the way I see it, the, the value behind Bitcoin has more to do with the blockchain technology than other things. And so what we should really be talking about is not necessarily Bitcoin, but blockchain technology. So again, I don't want to go too far down that road. I want to stick with the emotion when it comes to investing and how to take a lot of that emotion out. So I'd say for most people invested in retirement, it's harder for them to take the emotion out because they aren't making contributions to that retirement plan. They know they've got an account that they have to live off of for the next 30 years or more, depending on when they retire, because they're not gonna get a paycheck for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. So how do you make your money last throughout the rest of your life without uh, having to worry about running out of money despite things like inflation, despite things like taxes, despite things like market volatility. Well, we have to build portfolios that are designed to accomplish your goals. And then you have to be realistic, certainly about your goals. But once you've sat down and put together a financial plan that identifies what your goals are, identifies how much you've set aside for retirement, takes into consideration market volatility, takes into consideration inflation and taxes. If you've mapped that out and you have a written plan, it's a lot easier to be more confident moving forward. Having a smart financial plan means we're taking a look at probabilities in markets. We're not just sitting there, it's referred to as static when it comes to investing. Another way to think about that is hang in there. Mm. We're not just sitting there with a hang in their approach saying, well, gee whiz, whatever happens, happens. If market's up, I'll be up. If market's down, I'll be down. I'm going to settle for the average rate of return over a period of time. Things have changed. So active management of a portfolio means we're going to be smarter and we're going to be more committed to growth or things like stocks in a portfolio when markets are likely to do well, but we're also gonna make changes if markets are likely to do poorly. Uh, People are very concerned right now. We're talking to individuals every single week about, hey, where is all of this heading, all this craziness between inflation, between issues with the supply chain, between issues with taxes, uh, changes in government, where is this likely to lead? Well, there's a lot of uncertainty and it's time to take a close look at your portfolio and make sure you're prepared. 
Get that insight with Mike and the team anytime guarding your nestegg.com. I wouldn't call it a vacation, Mike, but I took a few days off a few weeks ago to go to mm-hmm. Atlanta because I don't think I'd ever dream of vacationing in Atlanta, but I have friends that, and some family that would, there. That would be odd. Yes, yes exactly. So I, I'm hesitant to call it a vacation, but I wanted to see some friends and family. But there was an incident. We took the rental car to this amazing restaurant that we'd heard about. They were charging $15 to park in their own parking lot. I think I saw that years ago in Chicago where yeah. but just to go to the fast food restaurant, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? I got to pay. Yeah, that's, that's I said, okay, live so in the big city. I'm yeah. eating here. I mean, do you validate? No, 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 no. Okay. So I drove off. I know that's petty. It reminded me of some of the investment fees you've talked about here on the show. Sure. How often should we check on those fees that we're paying our advisor or paying for our investments? Because it's not as clear as pulling up in a parking lot and seeing a sign. It's a big deal and the fees need to be understood. I think the biggest issue that I've seen is that people typically understand if they're paying a financial advisor or a a fiduciary, a fee-based advisor, if if they're paying them a fee to manage the portfolio, a lot of times they'll understand what that fee is. So let's just say that that advisor has told them that I'm gonna charge you 1% to manage your portfolio. And I'm just using one because it's a round number, it's easy. Fees could be more than that, less than that, depending on how much money is invested. But if they've told you 1%, you're expecting that you're paying 1% to have your portfolio managed. What a lot of times I I find that either gets lost in translation or maybe it wasn't brought up are the actual underlying fees for those portfolios. So typically in a portfolio, you're paying more than just an advisor fee. Uh, The portfolio fees can add up. I was speaking to some clients, let's say their names were John and Susan and John and Susan were working with an advisor at one of the big banks. We all know the name. And uh, they had an account that was um, being managed. And so when we did an analysis of the portfolio, we found, well, yeah, it was a managed account, but the bucket of investments inside was uh, a bunch of funds that are in the account. Well, you have to take into consideration the cost of the funds because not all funds have the same expense when Mm -hmm. it comes to investing in them. And then also, if you're purchasing individual stocks, a lot of times you can get away from the expense of a fund. Uh, When we did the analysis, we found that they were paying, uh, on average, over 1% for the cost of the funds. Well, if you add, I'm just going to call it 1% for the cost of funds, and then you add in the other 1% 1%. to the advisor, turns out they're about 2% all in for their fees. Well, their portfolio was around $2 million, which means they were paying about $40,000 a year in fees. Now, is that good or bad? Depends on a lot of different things, Kristen, but the problem is they didn't necessarily understand that they were paying 1% more in fees or an extra $20,000 a year in fees. And the way I equate that is, I mean, that's a trip to Europe every year. That's a really nice trip to Europe every year. So that portfolio better be performing to offset those fees. Otherwise, there's an issue. And that's where analysis of a portfolio comes in. We always want to understand our fees. We know exactly what they are and then what are we getting for them? Because if we can improve upon that, you'll be more successful in retirement. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talent Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation. 
recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a monthly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission, which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation.